0: Hi, Karen. I'm so happy to see you.
1: Katie, <laughs> happy hump day. It's always wonderful to see you.
0: It's so wonderful to see you. And happy Monday to our listeners. And yeah, it's uh it's late October. It's Halloween is around the corner. I was doing oh. an event the other day with my friend Susan, and she got on Zoom with cat ears on her head. And I was like, Oh, that's so nice. And she's like, Oh, yeah, Halloween. And I was like, oh my God, how did I forget this? Like, it's like time is just going so quickly yet again, but I have no idea what I'm gonna do for Halloween. Do you do Halloween?
1: I mean, it depends. So I do have friends who are having people over. We're doing like a backyard fire pit situation. So uh, I have a couple costume ideas in mind. Like I I generally err on the side of topical, um, can grab things from around my house costumes. So some highlights. I was Miss Alaska one year. Oh, I have a beauty five, like a year of a uh, beauty pageant themed one. So Miss Alaska was the year that Sarah Palin was running. Yes. So I just had a, a fancy dress on a sash and I had a rifle.
0: Oh, perfect. That's perfect.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was the 1% the year of Occupy. Nice um, like just
0: wearing like fancy clothes and
1: super fancy clothes. And then I had a sign that said, I'm the 1% bitches.
0: Perfect. (laughs) I give you so much credit for that. Like people who can just whip it up. Like, they're just like, I just will take whatever's in my house. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to spend $75 on Amazon on a blow up unicorn costume that has a fan in the butt. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) I bought one of those. (laughs) it like keeps, blo- it keeps it inflated like you're walking around like in a puff of air like anyway so I bought that yeah because last year my inflatable t-rex costume was borrowed by a friend no shade on the friend but she broke it and so she just oh, no. it was it had its day but like it's still I was doing a lot of dances on Instagram at that point or with my t-rex costume but no longer. So instead I went on Amazon and I bought like a seven, I think it was honestly 75 bucks. The $75 um, multi-part blow up uh, unicorn costume. The problem, Karen, is it, I'm not even kidding. It has like a very thick instruction manual on how to put it oh. on. And so I have yet to put it on. There's suspenders <gasps> involved. There's like several battery packs. Anyway, I'll try to figure it out by Halloween and I'll let you know how it goes.
1: Yes. So, okay. Is it two parts? Like are you the head and Tyler's the butt? I mean, no no, that would no, be cool. no shade, Tyler. Sorry, no, no. I don't want to make you the butt. But yeah. <laughs> that would be really, really
0: cool. But like, no, it's two parts, <laughs> yes, but it's still on one body. So it's supposed to just be on me. I don't know. It's It's very complicated. I got really frustrated. I get so frustrated by those like instruction manuals, like Ikea furniture, all that shit. Like I'm just not my best self in those situations. And so I should have looked at the reviews on Amazon before I bought that stupid costume. But now that I did it's time to it's time to wear it so I
1: mean I'm I'm excited about it for you and I hope you post pictures and I will say I'm the same way like I'm the same way with like anything any list of instructions ingredients if a recipe has more than like eh, six things in it I'm not making it
0: oh totally totally yeah I wish I could say that like I make recipes at all like (laughs) I like (laughs) it I get so frustrated. I'm really working on this in therapy. So like, I really need to like try to be more methodical and not a perfectionist and like, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I really think that it might work for me to like create a meeting invite for myself to try on the unicorn costume, because then at least I'll have a beginning of that experience and an end of that experience versus just like sitting and staring and swearing for like three hours. I'm really not painting myself in the best light right now, but yeah.
1: That is such a good idea. Ooh, I love this. Have we talked about this? Like making appointments with yourself. We talked about it a little bit. Like when we talked to S- Saya, I feel like, you know, she has the like, check it off meetings and stuff oh, yeah. home and we love yeah. her. Like, yeah. Making appointments with yourself to do shit you don't want to do.
0: I love that. Such a good idea. I mean, it's such a good idea, and I also think maybe what I really should do is when I make an appointment with myself, make it fifteen minutes. So if it's thirty minutes, I'll be like, mm, "That's way too long. I can't. I have commitment issues about being that unhappy for thirty minutes." And so, like, I yeah, just maybe fifteen. I don't know. I'll report back.
1: Maybe even five. One of the five. YouTubers I follow has like this five minute rule. Like, just set a timer for five minutes. Do the thing for five minutes.
0: Ooh, I like that. I like that because the thing is, is I do put shit on my calendar and I say like, I'm going to do this thing. And then I'm, and then I just move it down my (laughs) calendar and then I reschedule it for the following week and then it never gets done. And so then I'm like, but it's always hanging over my head. So it's this like energetic cloud that I walk around with. Ew. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, Halloween, but are you thinking that you might be a different beauty pageant or you'll, you'll figure that out when the days get closer.
1: Yes, I am. Um, I'm going to review my current wardrobe and see what I can pluck out of it for I a timely. It. Yeah. Hopefully something timely. Like I, I also feel like Chicago is a good inspiration town. So boys town, the queer neighborhood yeah, has a parade every year. And I mean, it's so funny. Like The reader has this queer podcast and they were just talking about how Halloween is gay Christmas. Oh, cause the gays. Oh my God. Love. I mean, people start making their costumes more than a year ahead of time.
0: I believe that so much yeah. like boys town in San Francisco is the Castro. And that is, I mean, I can't speak for that community, but I'm assuming that they feel the same way about gay Christmas. Like it is the biggest thing, at least pre COVID. It was the biggest thing ever. I know it was like the biggest party. I hope that they ha- are able to have a party if everyone's faxed. Right. But, ugh, yes. So, um, speaking of my friend Susan's cat ears, I do have a small story to
1: <laughs> segue. Yes, it was an amazing
0: seamless segue. I know. I'm like, let me touch back on something I said at least ten minutes ago. But yes. <laughs> so, so basically, I am now wrapping up three and a half weeks in San Francisco. I'm going to be leaving in, you know, I guess it's like a two or three days, and. I will say I have mixed feelings about going to bend Um, at the same time. I'm glad to see Lucy. I can't wait to see her. I can't wait to see our friends and it will be nice to just be in my bed again because the beds that I'm sleeping on, not all of them, but some of them are like, Crazy hard. And maybe that's just a thing that I didn't realize was not my experience in my own bed. But anyway, um, yeah, maybe it's better for my back. I don't know. But anyway, so I have had a few highlights and a few lowlights. And I will say one highlight, Karen, has been c- taking care of this cat that I took care of the first two mm. weeks that I was in the Bay Area. His name is Guillermo. I know I've talked to him about, talked to you about him a while ago. He never made an appearance on the pod, sadly, but he, and he, I'm not in the house where he is right now, but I do have a small story about cat love that I would like to share because as someone, you, with two cats, I think you might be able to appreciate it. So, I mean, cats are so wonderful. I'm so bummed that Tyler's allergic. We won't be able to have cats. I mean, he's like really allergic, but he can't, that's just not a thing, but I was, okay. I don't even know how to start the story. So Guillermo, I knew in advance a little bit about him. He's a 10 year old cat who like, I, I mean, I don't even know what kind, I actually don't know the breeds or anything like that, but, um, but his mother, Barb, the woman who I was watching her house and watching Guillermo, We had, you know, a few calls about him and like, I found out about like his likes and dislikes and his toys and like things that he does and like all of this stuff. And she's like, just so you know, he's very emotive. And I was like, Oh, like, I don't know what that means. And she's like, yeah, he's very vocal. And I was like, like he meows. And she's like, yeah, it's like kind of more than meowing. And so, so anyway, I didn't really know what that meant. And so as I'm driving down from Bend, She texts me because he's an indoor outdoor cat. She texts me and she says, Hey, um, so Guillermo got out, killed and ate a bird and might have an upset stomach FYI, like, just don't be afraid if he gets sick. And I was like, okay, I'm actually totally like as weird as it sounds like it doesn't really gross me out when pets puke, whatever it's like, I Lucy does. It's fine. So I was like, okay, don't worry. It's fine. So I get to her house and right after I get to her house, I'm like scheduled to go somewhere else. And so like, I need to get ready and like take a shower and feed him and then like get out. So he has no idea who I am obviously. And it's already at night. His parents have already left. I get to his house. I'm like running around feeding him. He is very, very vocal. And I'm like, it's like, he's just, he's meowing at me, but it's kind of like meow slash yelling. And so he eats his lunch or his dinner, I guess. And I get out of the shower. I have like a towel on my head. I'm like, you know, tri- dripping wet. And I look at, in my bedroom and he's standing on my bed and he looks, he locks eyes with me and takes a shit on my bed on top what? of the bed. Yes. It's no. like, oh yeah. He's like, this is how I feel about you. (laughs) (laughs) These are my feelings laid out for you in very clear terms. And then he meows and just trots off. And I was like, sweet. And I'm like, oh God. Okay. So I clean everything up. I'm like, this is not what I was really expecting. By the way, Barb, if you're listening, I can definitely tell you this also. I know I didn't really mention it, but anyway. um, So, so then I like get dressed. I'm, you know, Whatever I'm like, you know, drying my hair and everything, and I run downstairs and he has puked bird guts all over Ooh. the
1: kitchen floor, Ooh. and so,
0: so then, so that was like a really hard start of our relationship.
1: <laughs> it's a shitty start. It's it a shitty. shitty. Start. It was
0: a shitty start. So for the record, I took that blanket to the dry cleaners and it is now very clean, um, in Barb's house. But anyway, so for the rest of the time that I was visiting him. I am visiting him, taking care of him. He was very vocal, Karen, to the point where we would have these call and response combos where I would be like, Hey, how are you doing? And he's like, hello, hello. Meow, 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 And then I'm like, are you saying hello? Like a parrot? Like I was like, that really sounds like a parrot or am I just going batshit? Like, it's like, he does, he was talking in a way that I was like, this is, is this cat normal? I don't know. Anyway, I ended up getting very close to him and even though he's an indoor outdoor cat, um, he really was very endearing to me. Like when he would drink his water, he would sing at the same time, like, and then I would look at him and I'd be like, are you singing? And then he would look at me, at me, like, I'm going to kill you, bitch. Don't talk to me while I'm singing. And then go back to singing. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, (laughs) it was intense. So last story about Guillermo, I know this is going really long, but basically, (laughs)
1: I'm here for it.
0: So we're outside and I, so I'm with two of my girlfriends, one of whom is Susan, who I love and Sweata, another friend who's wonderful. And, um, Barb had told us that if you're going to take Guillermo outside, because he's definitely going to want to continue going outside while I'm gone, uh, you're going to need to put him on a harness leash, like a leash that's like attached to a harness, like under his front, front legs. And Mm. I'm like, okay, I feel kind of bad about that, but at the same time, fine. It's not going to hurt him. So I take him out a couple times and everything's fine. Then Susan and Swetza come over and Susan has him on the harness. And all of a sudden she's like, oh my gosh, you guys, he's gone. And I was like, that's not possible. He's on the harness. Like it's like a tight harness. And he had Houdini out of the (laughs) harness without us even knowing it to go hunting. And so then we're all freaking the fuck out. We're like, Guillermo, Guillermo, we're freaking out. And anyway, um, he did come back a couple hours later, Susan with cat-like reflexes grabbed him. He hissed at her and she threw him into the house, not in an aggressive, bad way. He was fine, but they don't really get along super well anymore, but he has held some grudges. Anyway, by the time Barb came home, Guillermo was very ready for to see his parents. And so when we overlapped for one night while I was there and, um, and so I was there when Barb was there and. Anyway, we, uh, he just, he, I was dead to him by the end, but oh. you know, I, I petted him a little bit. There was no talking though. So anyway, oh. I hope to see him again. I do kind of miss him in a weird, abusive way. <laughs> like like <laughs> I'm the victim clearly, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's Guillermo. That's what happened. It was wild.
1: Ah, uh, I mean, it sounds like you'd have very complicated, but, uh happy relationship uh, mm. I do think
0: that it kind of ran the gamut we experienced yes. a whole series of emotions together and so you know I think we have a complete relationship
1: yeah I think that is very true I mean I hope you vomited it on him at least a couple of times
0: at least three yes no. <laughs> he owes me he used to get out his little paws and get a paper towel and just clean that shit up Guillermo yes <laughs> yes oh. So anyhow, it's been a great trip and I really hope that I can go back um, to Guillermo's house in particular, actually, because I really do like him, uh, but that's that. But anyway, yes, I, again, no segue whatsoever, but your brilliant idea for this, today's podcast, you were saying that it was kind of somewhat in, you know, influenced by my love for my community here in San Francisco.
1: A thousand percent influenced by that, inspired by that, because like I said, I don't really hear people talking about community the way that you talk about your community in San Francisco. And it just really struck me as being really important and really powerful and a good model for people about how to think about how they live their lives and how they're in relationships with people. And like, especially at this time where we just spent 20, however many months, locked down, worried about being locked down, freaked out about who we're spending time with and then about to go into another winter.
0: Totally, totally. I think it's just such a timely conversation because it's like, I mean, for me, I wonder how this idea of community really started. I mean, like going to this co-working space called the Highbury in like just north of San Francisco, I think that was when it really crystallized for me several years ago, like four years ago when I joined, um, that this is like an intentional choice to like create and build. Cause I had friends in San Francisco and I have friends in the Midwest and, you know, where I grew up in Michigan, but to have like an intentionality around like cultivating and building and investing in, and like all of that, like, I see that in you Karen, with your church ladies. And it's just like, there's, it's like a, it's like a family. Like, it's just, it's just so trusted and close and all of it. And I think that, you know, it's interesting because it's like, I think without my community, I would really struggle. I mean, that's, just for me, truth, like, and it's not like I'm talking with each person every day or even every week, sometimes not even every month. And there's not like an obligation around it, but it's just something that, um, I don't think we can take it for granted. And I think that the other thing for me is that now that I'm moving, that I moved to bend, like, I don't have the same physical community. And so like, you're in my community and I'm not even seeing you like physically, but yet I feel, I feel close to you, but it's also like, I do think that there's something to be said about like having physical community, like, and like kind of prioritizing that, because I think that's what happened with me in these last three weeks was, you know, I came here and I was like, Whoa, okay. Like, this is crazy important. Like, yes, I'm building a physical community in Bend, but Zoom can't be everything that I, that I'm investing in.
1: Yeah. Zoom. Oh God, help us on Zoom. And you know, the other thing that you're reminding me of, I mean, it's, it's community. And I think another way to think about it is chosen family Yes, and realizing how important chosen family is. And like you said, the intentionality of it. And I feel like as a queer person, like chosen family has always been huge for me because I know so many people who just because I think in, in the larger queer culture, the notion that like your biological family may, you may not have relationships with them anymore. or They may be really strained or all of these things and that you build this chosen family, not as a substitute for your biological family, but I feel like just as a way to build your own community and to have the support that you need. And, you know, it just goes back to this idea of how important human connection and contact is. And that, yes. yeah, like we'll never really probably fully appreciate, what we've lost these last 20 months without that.
0: Yes. I mean, that's so real. And it's like, I I mean, we're, we're, as people have said to me, like pack animals, like we are meant to be together. And I think that there's like this um, general, very much generalized concept, but like, you know, I think some people ascribe to it that like, no, we're in individualistic society. Like I need to do this thing. I need to do that. I need to make myself happier. I, 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 I. And it's like, I just find that like, I'm happier when it's a we when it's like, uh, you know, we're at least leaning a little bit on someone else. Like it's hard to be a one-legged stool. Like you just fall over easier. At least I do like as cheesy as that sounds.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's very true. One-legged stool. I'm going to have that (laughs) in my head. It's, it's totally true. And I think, like I said, going into winter, potentially another weird, COVID winter, like how comfortable do we all feel being indoors again? Like, I think a whole other episode I wanna do about the whole, like the fact that Scandinavian countries are like frigid, but happier. Yes. And it's because they embrace all of these things that we don't embrace in person. It's a whole other episode, but I think heading into winter I've also been thinking a lot about this idea of like if we have to bubble up again, like as we naturally not if, as we naturally bubble up again, who do I want in my community? Who, I do I have in this community? And do I grow it? Do I shrink it? Like, I think yeah. I'm thinking a lot about it as it gets colder in Chicago.
0: Yeah, I know. When we go up to Bend, it's, our, it's already snowing up
1: there. And so Wait, I'm what? like,
0: oh yeah, it's super cold. It's like full on winter. And so, but I'm with you. Like the whole winter thing is so big. And I feel like there's also, I have so much to say about community. My brain is exploding because I just feel like, I feel like for me, my, like, I don't know. I feel like there's so many different ways of thinking about community where it could be like people that you just hang out with that you just grab a beer with and that's great. And you talk about superficial topics and there's totally a place and time for that as well. But like, I do find that for me personally, the thing that has helped the most is to say the thing that I actually feel as scary as that sounds. And like, and maybe some people that I say it to are not, Like I, they show themselves to be maybe people that I don't want in my community and that's okay. And some people surprise me and they are the people I want in my community. And like, I don't think I would know that unless I was willing to be a little bit vulnerable. And I'm not trying to tell listeners to be like, go lay your heart on, you know, your sleeve walking down the street, but it's like for the people that, you know, that like might be able to handle it or at least just talk about regular stuff. I don't know. Does that make sense? Am I-
1: yeah. Totally makes sense. Well, especially in the context of like you moving to, you having this like beautiful, entrenched, in a bad way, entrenched community in San Francisco. Yeah. As an adult, it's hard enough to make friends, but you're making friends in a totally different state with a totally different culture. Like, I'm you know, I hear things about how people in Oregon, specifically Bend, feel about people from California, like all oh, yeah. of that all of that stuff that comes with you. And yeah, how do you make not just friends, but close friends as an adult?
0: Totally, totally. And I think for me, it's been just like showing up over and over and like showing up, like trying to just check in and just like text people that I've met in Bend and say like, hey, I hope you're having a good day. Or, hey, I think, you know, like I thought you would really enjoy this meme or, hey, this article reminded me of you or whatever it is. And just kind of, that's the thing, but it's, it's so hard, Karen, it's so hard to make friends when we're already fully baked humans. Like it's like our prefrontal cortexes are finished. And it's like, but at the same time, you can, I know you can make friends in adulthood and it has happened and it is happening for people. Um, but I think there's just like an openness of I think sometimes it's easy to have like walls up in general and like this person needs to act in this way, or these are the types of people that I am friends with. And these are the types of people I'm not friends with, or, and it's sometimes hard to even know those unconscious biases that are already happening in your brain. And it's like, oh, I don't even want to try that. Like, I I think, you know, there's one example actually that I've been really meaning to do, um, for me is, well, so, so there's this, like, uh, this running group in Bend where, it's a bunch of creatives, it's, it's advertised in a few of the cool coffee houses and it happens at 7 a.m. on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And I am terrified, terrified. Like, I'm so scared to go to this thing. I'm like, okay, these people are all gonna be so cool and they're all gonna run way better than me and way faster. And I'm gonna be huffing and puffing and not being able to participate. And it's like, I already put all of these like, you know, these filters in front of myself to build community in a way that like, maybe it will suck. And then that will be a good learning and maybe it'll be amazing. And that will be a good learning, but either way, it'll be a good thing to try. And I think that's what I want to encourage myself and everyone else to do, because it's, it's hard to get out there sometimes.
1: Oh my God. It's super hard. I mean, that is so real. What you said about like, yeah. I mean, how many of us are taking that kind of emotional risk right now? Oh, interacting with that many people. You don't know doing something physical. Are you kidding? Oh my goodness. No. Oh God. I need new,
0: (laughs) my running shoes have holes in them. Like I was like, I need new running shoes. What are they going to think? Why do I give a shit? It's like a minute, it's all of these myriad of emotions, but I do think that like emphasizing, and I feel like we could just make this another episode as well, but just emphasizing community and like thinking about in your life right now, in this exact moment, like who are some of the people that light you up and that make you happy. And maybe you haven't talked to them in a few years and that's okay. Don't make yourself wrong for it. Like maybe you wanna to touch base with them, maybe like, but I like your idea about thinking about what our winters could look like and like try to make them better for ourselves. I can just speak for myself that last winter sucked. <laughs> like it was so awful. I don't know for, for whom it was amazing, but um, but yeah, like I would like to have a plan of attack for how to reach out to people.
1: Exactly. And I love the idea of who lights you up and like, think back to the last, maybe it was the before times, the last, like really good time you had or really good conversation or really like moment that stands out for you is like, ah, I feel better about humanity, hanging out with this person or these people like, I'm saying this to myself too.
0: Yes, exactly. And then all the things that come up, like just, you know, maybe you'll have like some resistance and like, just look at it lovingly that resistance and just be like, Hey, I see you. It's okay. We can be friends too. Yes. But anywho, Karen, I know we're on a time schedule today and I'm just so happy to see you
1: as long as we have. Exactly. It was wonderful to see you. Too.
0: It's wonderful to see you. And uh, we hope everyone is having a good week and we will see you next week.